This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Prologue Dorado, Mexico, early 1800s. Alfredo's Antonio Sonoro was born with gold in his eyes. The gold was sharp, and it stung him so that he blinked uncontrollably and always carried a vial of salted water in his pocket. Of the four Sonoro brothers, he was the only one thus signified, and his parents regarded it a blessing, incontestable proof of divine favor. Though he was the youngest, the servants carved his portion of meat first, even before his father's. His mother often knelt before him at night, delivering her prayers directly to her child rather than to God. The Sonoros lived in Dorado, a mining town established by their silk-clad forebears in the arid brushland fronting what the Texans called the Rio Grande, but which the Mexicans gave the more descriptive name Rio Bravo del Norte. A flock of clay-colored buildings studded with wooden vigas and decorated with dahlias drowsing in white pots, Dorado sat quiet and erect across the water from the wilds of the province of Texas, a four-day journey upstream from where the river spooled emerald into the briny gulf. Dorado, meaning golden, was both a wish and a command. The earth there was split apart by the Sonoros and her bounty revealed. And they took lustily. The pain in his eyes made Alferez Antonio unsympathetic. If I can stand it, he thought, anyone can withstand anything. And most people believed he'd been born with gold in his loins as well, for he lusted after more, more than he could spend, more than he could hold, more than could ever be dragged by the cartful from the belly of the earth. When Alferez Antonio stood in the sunlight, the gold gleamed white and it was impossible for anyone to address him without averting their own gaze. Even his father, abandoning all pretense that he was master of his child, took to doffing his hat and holding it at his chest and looking at the ground one day, when his teenage son stood at the entrance to the motherlode and demanded to know why only grown men worked in the mine. Surely there are small pieces that women and children could gather, Alferez Antonio said. He kicked dirt at a thin, club-footed child who'd stepped timidly forward, one palm open in supplication. We ride mares the same as colts. We slaughter the fattest kid goats and cook them in their own blood. Why is it different with these Carrizo mongrels? His father watched the bare backs of the Carrizo tribesmen as they shuffled single file into the maw. Eleven thousand years of careful cultivation of the ungenerous earth, and for all their toil they were now granted the license to squat on their own land. The Spanish outnumbered the Carrizos and had long ago forced them west away from the river banks, because their god said to replenish the earth and subdue it. Their god granted them dominion over every living thing that moved upon the earth. The father turned his hat around in his hands as though he might find courage somewhere along the velvet trim. When the mine is yours, you may run it as you like, he said quietly. And with a tremor in his voice, he added, but I caution you against working the Carrizos too hard. They will bend only so far. Alferez Antonio snorted. When will it be mine? And then, in a voice his father took to come not from the boy, but from God, added, you won't live forever. A lame horse can't run, the father whispered. 
When the father died, days later, it was assumed throughout Dorado that Alferez Antonio had killed him. And, like all news that is unpleasant and inevitable, the story was accepted, absorbed, and forgotten in one gulp.